Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? If you are, congratulations, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not, you're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has tons of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you, along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is, it's super easy to use. It's definitely my favorite listening app, and I'm sure it'll be yours too. So do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 167 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Sunday, December 1st, 2019. My name is Jush Kanyon, and I am here with my host, Mick Brahu. Kovic. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, hey there, how are all of you doing? I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I worked on Thanksgiving night, and then I opened on Black Friday the next day. So, ooh, that's fun! So you got paid that what was it double time? I got paid in time and a half time on and a half. Thanksgiving. Nice. And then uh, Black Friday was just normal pay, but it was a pretty long shift, and it was fucking crazy. Uh, it was the busiest day of the year. Did y'all have Without some did doubt. y'all have some gotta have it doorbuster deals? Yeah, we had some doorbuster deals. We like had what? two different like coupons. So you had one that, that went from like open to noon that was a twenty five percent off your entire purchase. Wow, that's pretty good. And then there was noon to the uh to close was like a forty percent off your entire purchase thing. So yeah. And they, they they don't include sale items for the most part. Well, they they include some sale items, but they don't include doorbusters or books or Legos or certain vendor specific things. And you always get customers who are a little, you know, upset about that. But I don't have any control over it. It's corporate. <laughs> yeah, they they put the uh, underlings in, in the front lines who have the least to do with anything to deal with with the people who get pissed off at the policies that people. Uh, you know, tucked away in, in their fucking mansions, you know, make, basically. Well, uh, it's not just that. I mean, it's not just the corporate decisions. This is also vendor decisions. So with the books and Lego and Cricket, like, that's just, that's completely separate from even Michael's. That's 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 just in order for us to even have those in the store, Um, we have to abide by the vendor's I, Okay, I got you. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Because any of the brands, any of the stuff that is our brand, for the most part, we do have a lot of sales on, and we do try to mark down. But when it comes to stuff that you know we don't is not our brand, then it's just out of our hands. How was your Thanksgiving, Mike? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, I spent time with my grandmother, and I had Thanksgiving lunch because you know she normally has. Thanksgiving lunch. We don't really have Thanksgiving dinner. I don't think anybody like on Thanksgiving. I don't know why it is that dinner happens at like three p.m. in the afternoon, uh, but that's what my family did too. And no, we had it even earlier than that. We had it at like noon. Yeah. Well, so 
I have my immediate family's Thanksgiving, which we did on Thursday, and I, I I will tell you about that in a second. But then my my extended family, we were supposed to have a Thanksgiving thing today, uh, where all my aunts and uncles and all that get together. Yeah. They want to have that shit. <clears throat> they want us to be there at eleven, and they want to eat at eleven thirty. I'm like, dude, I don't even eat breakfast that early. What are you <laughs> What are you talking about? You want me to like stuff turkey and mashed potatoes down my throat at 11.30 a.m. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, and they're like, oh, it's the easiest for everyone's schedule. It's Sunday. Who Who's working? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it was just like, I don't know. It was ridiculous. So I thought that I'd just like get up at my normal, you know, 1 p.m. time and then just kind of go over there, you know, and I wouldn't eat, but I'd at least hang out with the family. Shit, by the time I got up, I had a text from my mom saying, yeah, I'm already at home, so, you know, and I was like, well, damn, if you're already home, then I'm not going to go over there, so I just ended up not going over there. (laughs) But Thursday, uh, we had Thanksgiving kind of for the immediate family at my brother's house, and um, my uh, brother's wife, her grandma was there, and (laughs) sorry for the coughing, folks, I'm just getting over a fucking massive flu that I've had for a solid week now. And uh, Damn. yeah, it, this whole week is just, how, bad. Did, how did you shoot that music video? <laughs> uh, feeling like shit. That's how uh, <laughs> coughing in between every take and sometimes coughing during takes. Um, but no, anyway. Um, so my, my sister-in-law's grandmother was at this family Thanksgiving thing. And, you know, we're all eating and everything's all well and good. And the grandma uh, apparently takes a bite of ham that was too big. And it 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 gets lodged in her throat. Not to the point to where she's choking. I guess it gets, like, lodged in her esophagus, like, below her, you know, breathing area. So she wasn't, like, choking, but she was, like, not feeling well. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, A, how do you take too big of a bite of something and and just swallow it down? Like, aren't you chewing? Like, like, do do you know how to chew? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe she doesn't have teeth. No, she does have teeth. I don't know. But like, I'm not related to this lady. She's nice and all. But like, she pretty much like ruined the vibe for me because then she's like. Oh, I think I've got to get up. I got to go to the bathroom, which would have been well and good. But instead of going to the bathroom, she just like grabs this wastebasket like in the kitchen and she starts like throwing up into the uh, Ooh, the trash yeah. bag. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I literally put my fork down at that moment. I go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm full. I don't have an appetite anymore. Some like 80 year old woman is throwing up in the wastebasket in the kitchen and it was just like like what and apparently like you're the, you know for uh, this year's thanksgiving you're thankful for uh, losing your appetite <laughs> well they didn't i don't know like that would do it that definitely would do it there wasn't even any good like dessert there it was just you know there's no macaroni and cheese the whole thing was just disappointing really the turkey was cold my mom brought it over and it was like very cold and it was it was pretty pathetic honestly like my thanksgiving i I would say uh grandma and my mom did a really good job i mean we had turkey and then we had stuffing and we had uh 
I'm not really big on Brussels sprouts, but I did eat the leftovers because I, I guess I can tolerate them when they're cold more when they're hot. It's just a texture thing for me. Um, they're, they're a lot more firmer when they're cold <clears throat> versus when they're uh, hot. The texture is weird. Uh, but really, the Brus- with Brussels sprouts, the worst thing about them is like some are more bitter than others. Like Some don't really have as much of a bite to them. But others are just like, Ugh. <laughs> you're just like, I I don't think I've ever even had a Brussels sprout. And um, we had sweet potatoes, and then we had uh, pumpkin custard, you know, pumpkin pie filling essentially, but without crust. So oh, nice. Even had some prosecco. I don't. What is that? It's actually it's a it's an Italian I think sparkling wine I think or some kind of. Champagne? Hmm. It's from Italy. Yeah, it sounds Italian. It was fine until it got warm, and then it was way too bitter and, like, had too much of a bite for me. (laughs) Yeah, I... I find that kind of interesting, how certain drinks, like, as soon as it gets room temperature, like, it tastes like ass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a... a, uh, Alcohol is especially like that, especially, like, PBR, (laughs) like, anybody out there who's ever had PBR, like, good lord, that shit... I mean, it's barely drinkable cold, but as soon as that stuff gets warm, it tastes like just like the throw up bile that comes up when you throw up. It's so, Ooh. oh God, it's so gross. Um, but cold, it's like, all right, you know, I don't know. It is weird how that works. <laughs> but yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, there wasn't any craziness on the same level as the Walmart video I saw on Facebook. Well, didn't some that lady like ridiculous. mace someone or something like that? No, I didn't see that one. I saw the one where there was a Walmart and it was during Black Friday and they just took out the pallet of TVs that are like they have cardboard around them and plastic and they just cut that shit open or or they they're in the pro- they're going to cut it open, but then the fucking customers run in like rabid wolves and rip the plastic themselves, and then grab fucking TVs, and then, like, in a span of, like, two minutes, like, they're all gone. And everyone's, like, grabbing TVs and, like, jumping over each other. It was it was fucking insane. And they're not even good TVs. They're high-sense TVs. That's the thing, man. The fucking... The, I the- find it ironic that, you know... They're going this crazy over high sense TVs because they're not showing any sense. Well, the people—that was a good dad joke, by the way. The people who uh, who who freak out about that kind of stuff are not the people with the highest intelligent quotient in the world. So it's you know, they're like it's a deal. It was yeah, originally marked four hundred dollars, and I'm gonna get it for a hundred and fifty. They're not. They don't know the difference between you know high sense RCA Samsung. You know whatever. It's, it's if got, you're gonna if you if you're look gonna go crazy, it, right? get a Samsung or an LG. Like I, I mean, spend a little bit extra. I learned and, my lesson about the uh, about getting what you pay for. I learned that hardcore a long time ago. Yeah, back when Kmart was still open, they had their 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 blue light special or whatever for. It was like I don't know, like a forty inch TV for like this incredibly low price, and it was RCA. 
And I was yeah. like, oh, they're a trusted brand. So I went. They used to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and I got the TV and man, that thing was garbage. It had like a black, like a dark spot on the screen. Uh huh. And it felt like. Uh, literally it felt like a sheet of plastic the tv itself it was light yeah. light as a feather which is usually an indicator that it's poor quality and uh on top of that <coughs> the speakers on the thing were like glorified cell phone speakers they were so <laughs> pitiful well well yeah a lot of times the speakers on these new tvs suck so you have to get a sound bar yeah they want you to get a sound bar so they they design them shitty on purpose which is funny because I have a CRT in my uh, yeah. game room, like in one of those old school bubble TVs, you know, that's with the glass yeah. screen and all. And man, not only do those things, that, that does that TV weigh like 90 pounds, but you turn it up to like volume eight or nine and it can go up to like 50 max. Yeah. You turn it up to like eight or nine, that thing's already kind of cranking. Like the speakers yeah. on that thing are incredible. Even the, yeah. even the Samsung flat TV that I have in my room uh the speakers are good on that um well samsung it depends on how how uh older or new that model is you have because the newer models for samsung tend to have a little bit kind of mass speakers yeah. especially the smaller ones right uh the the uh one that i have which is the 4k uh it's a 4k uh samsung and it has a decent speakers, but like I, I prefer my sound bar because it just has I just get better sound. Yeah. Um there's more there's more uh fullness and there's more dynamic and I can also mess around with the settings and stuff like that. And I have, this is a cheap sound bar. It's a brand called iLive and I got it at Fred Meyer like two or three years ago and it's still kicking. So um yeah, it's just uh and service of Black Friday. I just did my I did my shopping online. This <laughs> I didn't go into any store and buy anything this Black Friday. Yeah, that's dude, that's um, like the smart way to do it. I I bought one thing for Black Friday for my brother and I just went on Best Buy's website and I got yeah. I got the same exact price and no crap. That's what I did last year with my TV. I bought it on Costco on the on the website and then had him ship it to me. Yeah. Um, and I paid a little bit extra, you know, it was like over 300 bucks, but it was for a bigger T it was around the same kind of size. Maybe it's a little bit smaller than the high sense 40 inch or whatever, but it's a better quality TV. Right. So it's a four, it's, it's, it's not a cheap 4k television, like, you know, high sense. Um, and so I got that, but this year I just, I just pre-ordered and, or just, Bots got some more Blu-rays. It's really what I did. Because there's some good deals that certain uh, retailers have during Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Dude, they're like so. giving those things away at this point. It seems like on a not lot. well. Well, yeah, some of them. Uh, I did, but Vinegar Syndrome they don't give them away. Like you got to pay. Uh, what is it like seventeen bucks? I got the Luther the Geek one, and then I, I added that to my pre-existing order. Got Spookies, which cost me like twenty seven ninety nine or something. And then there was another website that it's called MVD, and they sell other Blu-rays and stuff. And they slash their prices hard, so that they're originally some of their titles go for twenty five thirty, and they slash them them down to like eight ninety nine and seven ninety nine each. And I, I just totally went for that. I was like, absolutely. I try to look for the best deals when I'm when I'm going through this kind of stuff. I don't just oh, there's a sale. I'm gonna get it because it's on sale. 
And sometimes you're not really saving that much because they jack up the price to what it was uh, retail, which is sometimes even more than what they were selling it before right. the sale. And then they slash the price, the the percentage off of that. Oh, yeah. Whenever they do that whole, oh, it was $499.99, I never believe I never believe what what the previous price was unless I know for a fact that I saw it for that yeah. price before. Like usually, there's there's a really funny video, a GIF I saw on Facebook last night, where somebody shows they I don't know what store this is, but they they show the 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 signs that are in front of the sale signs. These are new sale signs for your they're like doorbuster or whatever deals, <laughs> and they lift them up, and underneath is the original price, and it's the same. <laughs> Nice. Or in one of them, it was actually cheaper. Oh, so wow. they lifted up, and it was actually cheaper than the sale price. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's you know, it's like the whole American system, the whole hype train of Black Friday. I mean, it's it's a it's, it's pretty cool that Amazon's doing some stuff like they're uh, streaming. You know, you can add certain channels to your Amazon for a uh, discounted price. Yeah, so, you were telling me about I mean, Shutter. Shutter is a horror uh themed uh streaming service and you can add that right now for like two forty nine a month for three months. That's a pretty good deal. Um instead of the four ninety nine. And then yeah, I was I was I mentioning this to Josh and I mentioned it to the group too because I, I definitely think it's something that uh all those true crime junkies out there would be into. It's called True Crime Files and it's a channel you can add to your Amazon Prime account. And it has like a ton of investigation discovery uh, episodes and, and shows on there. Um, it doesn't have every season of every show because some of them are more recent than others. I think it's like a some kind of agreement that Amazon makes with ID where like, oh, after a certain amount of time, then the newer season will be unlocked yeah, for, but you know, subscribers. People, but for right now, you have to pay that kind. If of people thing. are listening to our podcast, they don't mind stuff that's old because if they're well, exactly fan of unsolved no, mysteries. And there's a lot of really cool shows on there, like Fear Thy Neighbor. Hell yeah, bunch of does other it have stuff Dateline on there? on there? I don't, I don't know if it, I don't know if it does or not. I know this investigation discovery shows, so it might not. Okay. Well, they do have Dateline um, on ID. Like they specifically made yeah. a, a Dateline show for ID. So that that might I don't know if that's on there or not, but there's a lot of stuff on there, and it's only three ninety nine, and you can try it out for seven months. I mean seven seven days. Wouldn't that be crazy? A seven month free trial. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be no, very generous. Uh, nobody would ever make any money if they did it that way. Now you can try it out for seven days and for free, but uh, I definitely would recommend it. There's a lot on there. They did like a, a mini series about eighties crimes. Like the '80s, the deadliest decade. Wow, that's that cool. sounds interesting, and that's available for uh, True Crime Files uh, subscribers. So yeah, it, it, I definitely would recommend it. I mean, and there's a lot of cases that have been featured on Unsolved Mysteries that have actually been featured on shows from Investigation Discovery. This is a podcast about unsolved mysteries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're listening to an edit right now. For sure, for certain, because uh, me and Mike just, uh, you know, we just got into some conversation, man. And uh, if you want to stick around to the end of the podcast, you can hear that that conversation. 
But yeah, this is a podcast about the show Unsolved Mysteries. What of it? So what? What, what What's it mean to you? Uh, sorry, I got a little defensive there. Um, That's interesting. <laughs> I don't know why you'd be so defensive about that. I don't know either. <laughs> if, if you want to know why Josh is defensive right now, go to the end of the podcast. Uh, no, if you want to join our Facebook group and uh, communicate with our, our wonderful fans and um, f- just find out all kinds of things that might be mysterious in the group, Go to Facebook.com, go to the group section, and type in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. You'll be glad you did. Um, This week, we've got two cases that we're going to talk about that are, uh, I don't know, they're pretty different, but uh, one of them's actually pretty brutal. One was uh, actually featured on the show, and another is something that wasn't. Well, it actually was featured on the show, but uh, I guess they don't have any kind of information about it. Yeah, I couldn't find it at all, so I couldn't even find it when I searched uh, for for it. Let's talk, let's go ahead and talk about it now since we're alluding it to, alluding to it. <laughs> it. It's the uh, is the Hemingway curse. Yeah, um, the daughter, well, uh, the granddaughter of American writer, prolific American writer Ernest Hemingway, uh, Margot Hemingway. She um, she. Committed suicide back in the 90s, and uh, Ernest Hemingway had committed suicide, and a lot of the Hemingways in general committed suicide, so they all thought that <clears throat> that there was this uh, Hemingway curse. <clears throat> now, of course... So is this one that was on the Bizarre Murders thing or something? Like, um, I, did f- I did find an Unsolved uh, wiki on it. Um, but it, I looked on uh, the list that was sent to us by um, that was actually created by one of our listeners and uh, members of the group, and I couldn't find it. I looked through the search thing and I couldn't find anything for Hemingway. So maybe it's one of those forbidden segments. Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, it is. It is. Uh, it was a segment that aired on Unsolved Mysteries for sure. Um, I don't know why it's so hard to locate, but. So uh, I did find some information about it, and I got a few more uh, bits of information about the Hemingway curse. So uh, this one uh, focused on Margot Hemingway, who is a sister of Mariel Hemingway, who is still around, and she actually uh, passed the date of an age of when Margot committed suicide. So she alone kind of sort of essentially debunked this whole thing. It's really it's not really a curse. It's just a really unfortunate series of coincidences. Well, I mean, on top of that, like mental illness runs in families, especially depression. So, I mean, I mean, like couple that with alcohol and fame and all that. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people who. <clears throat> are in those positions who have that kind of mental health problem, you know, yeah. uh, so unfortunately, suicide is a lot more likely, you know, it's not, it, they, you don't have to make it all mystical, oh, it's a curse, you know, it's it's mental illness. It's not, the, it's not the curse of King Tut, you know, it's nothing like that, or the Black Hope Diamond, or whatever, right. Black Hope Curse, or, or the Blue Diamond, what is it? It's some diamond, I forgot the name of it, because Black Hope is something else. Oh, the Black Hope curse was the cemetery that... Was the cemetery. they built the uh, housing development on top of. Yeah. I I believe in that one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do too. (laughs) That's why it was so creepy, because it was very believable. But anyway. 
So by the age of 19, Margot Hemingway was the highest paid model in the world. Damn. She was also an actress. However, she was best known for being the granddaughter of famed 20th century writer Ernest Hemingway. In 1961, at the age of 61, Ernest committed suicide with a shotgun. Almost 35 years to the day later, on July 2nd, 1996, Margot was found dead in her Santa Monica, California apartment. She was 41. She had overdosed on a prescription drug, phenobarbital, which friends say she had taken in the past for epilepsy. Even though some disagreed, the coroner ruled her death as suicide. Tabloid headlines speculated that she had fallen victim to the so-called Hemingway curse. Margot's family members were known to live on the edge, and many had killed themselves. She once claimed that she was genetically programmed for disaster. Her family history seemed to support her claim. Her great-grandfather Clarence killed himself in 1928. 33 years later, Ernest did the same. In 1966, Ernest's sister, Ursula, also killed herself. In 1982, their brother Lester did the same. Margot apparently became the next victim. She was twice divorced, bulimic, and an, and an admitted alcoholic. Just so many fucking A's. I definitely get an F for that line reading. There were apparently several parallels between the lives of Margot and her grandfather, Ernest. Like Ernest, Margot ran away from home early in life and achieved fame at a young age. As a spokesperson for... Fabergé perfume, she was considered a jet-set glamour girl. Margot's close friend, Ronnie Stoller, recalled that she was lively, friendly, and had great charisma. However, she apparently carried a burden with her fame. She felt that she didn't deserve it because she was literally born into it. According to her friends, Margot lived up to everyone's ex expectations of what a Hemingway should be. However, in reality, she just wanted to be herself. By 1976, she decided that she wanted to be an actress. Her first film was Lipstick, in which her younger sister, Mariel, co-starred in. For Margot, it was a disastrous career move. Did you ever see she that treated, one? I haven't seen it. I've heard of it, though. She was treated very poorly by the media, was considered her a bad actor and a disgrace to the Hemingway name. Damn, that's rough. Meanwhile, Ernest apparently disliked the large amount of fame that he brought upon himself. Both him and Margot turned to alcohol to escape the pressure of fame. Drinking took a great toll on him, and by the 1950s, he was barely writing at all. Some experts believe that he was also suffering from manic depression. He was never diagnosed. However, it is known that he voluntarily underwent electroshock therapy twice during the last year of his life. Can you imagine voluntarily agreeing to do electroshock therapy? It's, for anything you must be pretty fucking desperate at that point and that that was like so like archaic man that 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 method like i watched return to oz the other night which is a fucking underrated wizard of oz it's movie. a trippy weird ass fucking movie. yeah i love it though like, like it, it makes the original seem really tame in comparison oh, oh, yeah. when it comes to the strangeness oh yeah I thought it was, like, the perfect, like, sequel to Wizard of Oz, though. Like, it was dark, it was, like, quirky. I could see, I could see a lot of people, I could see why a lot of kids, when they saw Return to Oz, I could, I could definitely see why they were so freaked out by that. Oh, yeah, I was, the wheelers and all that shit. But anyway, um, you know, Dorothy in the movie was gonna go uh, through electroshock therapy because she kept having those dreams about Oz and her uh, aunt and uncle thought she was nuts. 
So they uh-huh. that that was basically the whole premise of Return to Oz is Dorothy going in to get electroshock therapy because she keeps talking about Oz. Like what the fuck? Why? I mean, we still have stuff like that. I mean, our vice president, like he believes in electroshock therapy to cure people who are gay. Wow. God damn. You don't hear that brought up too often. Nope. <laughs> not not the most popular stance. I don't even think Trump believes that. I don't think Mike Pence. I don't I don't think Trump is uh is homophobic really per se, but Mike Pence is like I think Trump's just like an actor playing a part, but Pence like actually believes all this shit. You could just be like Mike Pence, shock the gays. That's his that's his that's his uh that's his campaign. Yeah, really, Jesus. <laughs> um but yeah. So Electroshock therapy, yes, yeah, that's, that's pretty some pretty uh, serious shit right there. So, by all accounts, Margot recognized that she was on the same path to disaster. She decided to fight her addictions. In 1987, she admitted herself to the Betty Ford Clinic. She apparently conquered her alcoholism, and within months went public with her story. Her friend Randy noticed, noted that she was one of the few celebrities who was willing to publicly talk about the most painful and damaging aspects of her life. And that's a sad thing. There are a lot of celebrities out there that are deep. They are in deep water. You know, they are addicted and they're dealing with a lot of heavy shit, but they just smile for the cameras, you know, and don't ever really show any of these weaknesses. Oh, like Chester Bennington from Linkin Park and Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. It's like you, you didn't see those suicides coming at all. It was just out of nowhere. No, not the not the guy uh, from Quiet Riot either. Like he had he had gone through rehab. From all accounts, it seemed like everything was good, and then he was found dead in his hotel room. Was it the singer? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh wow. So it was one of those things where even the band members and the family they were just like, we don't know why. It seemed like everything that we had been seeing with him it seemed like he was happy and he was fine. Or with Robin Williams, who just, it was just some uh, side effect of some disease he was already doing right. with Louis, Louis body dementia. And, you know, he just completely lost grip on reality. And in one of those moments, just decided, I'm just going to kill myself. I can't, I can't, reality is, is no longer uh, there for me right now. And, and I, I can't handle this. And so it was just... So in, at the end of the end day, uh, metal health really did drive the singer from Quiet Riot mad. Yeah, it did. Uh, but he was also into drugs and, and alcohol and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's a documentary about Quiet Riot and about, about uh, dealing with that whole thing. It's actually pretty good. So... Yeah, I, I guess it's a problem. It's I think it's because it's a little bit of as a little bit of that is an ego thing. Hold on, some fucking stupid scam call. That, that's a cute. That's a cute ringtone, Mike. It even says scam likely. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, going back to what I was uh, trying to say before my phone rudely interrupted me. A lot of these celebrities, including Margot, uh, <coughs> have, you know, sort of this ego. But I, I think Margot probably didn't have as much of an ego as others did. Others, other celebrities do. So that's why she was able to be open about it. Um, 
Ben Affleck actually recently has been dealing with a serious addiction to alcohol. And there's a recent film he's doing that's like about a basketball coach who's an alcoholic. And it seems like that's Ben's way to face his own demons. Portray a character who has a problem with alcohol? Yeah. Huh. I mean, it just seems like you're portraying yourself at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how that would help, but I think it, I think it would help for an actor because it's it's a way for them to kind of in essence face that inner demon in a way that they're used to. No, because he's an actor. Instead instead of going to therapy, he that's his therapy, right? It is is the uh the role that he's playing that is so tied into reality. So she also apparently wanted to help other people who were also suffering from addictions. In the early 1990s, Margot attempted to revive her career with limited success. Most of the roles roles offered to her were in low-budget straight-to-video movies. One of her last films was Dangerous Cargo. Fellow actress Rosemary Belden noticed that she was always laying down while on set. She apparently had trouble sleeping and was upset about not having a soulmate. However, she appeared to find her friend... This this is fucking... uh, She appeared fine to her friend, Ronnie. And she was attending social functions, was dating, and her career was doing well. In fact, Ronnie spoke to her just a few days before her death, and she seemed to be very happy. Offer Lauren Coleman... Noted that before a person commits suicide, they often go through a false euphoria where everything seems to be going well in their life. He believes that Margot went through the same thing before she died. That's I was th- fucked up. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I, I remember hearing about that like when I was watching the segment. And I mean, it makes sense, but man, that's like, <clears throat> that's crazy. Like, because yeah, he was talking and he's like, you know, when, when the person decides that <laughs> they're going to die, they they've finally taken you know life or they've finally taken things into their control and they get this feeling of of uh, euphoria or, or you know this false sense of of joy or happiness because they finally decide they finally made a, de- a decision for themselves you know that they can control unlike the yeah. depression or whatever that's that's constantly got a grip on them I mean it makes sense but it's still like geez man like. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, it's just one of those things that it's... It, I mean, suicide is devastating and bad enough. Like Then you have this false euphoria thing that goes into it. Well, I'm sure not that, all people that explains, feel that way, but. Well, yeah, not everyone probably feels that way. But, I mean, if you're in that particular place in your life, and then that really that blows because that's like oh everything's the best it's ever been okay i'm gonna kill myself like you're just like like oh everything's great it's like hey mike do you uh want me to give you back uh your movie collection ah you could keep it Uh, i I can keep it yeah i won't be needing it uh okay you feeling all right oh i'm feeling great glad you asked you know like just creepy is that is that the real kind of is that what it's like or is it or is it just like everything's good well, no, it's 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 like they've decided they're going to 
die and they're yeah. you know they're they're happy that they feel like they finally have like you know some control of their life uh-huh and so it's like yeah it's like uh, oh you know like so I, I remember hearing like some of the symptoms of someone who might potentially be suicidal or someone who's not like really concerned about you know uh, like, say, if you go out with them, they'll, like, pay for everyone's bill and, you know, they'll... Okay. <clears throat> just stuff like that. All right, so it's, like, this kind of thing where it's, like, that's their last Yeah, because they, they know that, that they're not going to be around for it to matter. So it's just kind of like, yeah, you want... Hey, you like my guitar? Keep it. Yours, you know, like... But to uh -huh. me, that... Obviously, because I don't want to kill myself, that'd be incredibly depressing. Like, thinking... It's like, no, I love this stuff. Like, I... You know, I don't want to... Yeah. die or give my shit away like i want to live yeah, damn exactly. it i want to live yeah it's always been my um, it's always been my thing it's like i want to live but my brain <laughs> is making things very difficult but i've never inherently at my core i want to live i don't want that so the false euphoria i i guess would make <laughs> total sense of the claims a lot of people have about people that they know who are suicidal where they seem like they were fine and they were in a great mood right. before they or they killed themselves. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, although her death was ruled a suicide, her friends and family insist that it could have been an accident. They believe she may have accidentally taken too much of her epilepsy medication. The full circumstances surrounding her death may never be known. Um, this kind of curse, Hollywood curse, reminds me of other Hollywood curses, like, you know, the, the Lee family, you know, Bruce Lee yep. uh, and Brandon Lee. You know, Bruce Lee died. Uh, it was an overdose of uh, pain medication, right? Uh, it wasn't even an overdose. It was. Uh, it was like he just an allergic reaction. Yeah, allergic or reaction. Something, he yeah. took like the normal, you know, like a normal healthy amount, and uh, yeah, it, it uh, did not. That's 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 scary, man. Like, cause you just think about like, well, I'm just gonna pop a couple aspirin or whatever, and I'll, I'll be fine. And then you're dead. <laughs> like, now that you're, that whole cur like Bruce Lee family curse is more credible. Just how just in how ridiculous everything happened, uh, that's more credible. Well, I mean, than yeah, I mean, this. Brandon Lee in particular. Oh yeah, uh, that was incredible. That was absolutely avoidable. The the uh, set, uh, the people who were involved with uh, the production the the effects guys or the i think it was the it was actually the studio they cheaped out on hiring legit firearms experts so they had the effects crew put together all of the firearms and the uh blanks and stuff like that and all it takes with something like that with a bullet involved is one fuck up right and that's what killed Brandon Lee it was so avoidable. The studio didn't cheap out and actually hired firearms experts, which you should always do, period, <laughs> when you're dealing with firearms. Agreed. Brandon Lee would still be alive. With this with with this particular curse, though, I I, I think it's it's not a curse. It's just a coincidence, and it's an example of a family that has a history of alcoholism. And a mental illness. I think there is something to be said about alcoholism being hereditary, just like a uh, mental illness. 
Uh, some people are more predisposed to becoming alcoholics than others. I think it has something to do with how the alcohol interacts with their brain. And uh, with other people, it, it doesn't interact the same way. But with others, like it's, it becomes something that really takes over their life. And it's even uh, even stronger of a drug than it is to other individuals. But, I mean, this string of suicides is pretty nuts. So, I mean, you have Ernest Hemingway, you have Ernest Hall, his grandfather, who attempted suicide with a Civil War-era thirty-two caliber pistol, but lived because his son-in-law, Clarence Ernest's father, had removed his, the bullets. Clarence Edmonds Hemingway, Ernest's father... He died by suicide by his own father's Civil War Smith & Wesson 32 revolver. Uh, Ursula Hemingway, Ernest's sister, she died of a drug overdose. Le- Leicester Hemingway, Ernest's brother, he died by suicide by a borrowed 22 pistol. Um, Margot Hemingway, uh, apparently she was born in Portland, Oregon, and uh, I found that interesting. I did not know that. She was born in Portland. Margot Hemingway. And then there were others, like Ernest's first wife, Haley Richardson's father, James Richardson Jr., died by suicide in 1903. Julius Mordecai Pincus, known as Passion, a Paskeen, uh, or the Prince of Montparnasse, uh, he was strongly identified with modernist movement in the artistic circles of Mont- Montparnasse. And Hemingway, who features him in a movable feast, died by suicide by cutting wrists and hanging. And uh, Ernest's third wife, Martha Gellhorn, died by suicide by drug overdose. And there could be even more than that. Jeez. Well, like I said, you know, that shit runs in families, you know? It's not unusual for that to... Be a thing, you know? I mean... Yeah, and there's also an interesting uh, a thing about, uh, the, on this website, this blog called Twilight Language, talks about the copycat effect, which it deals with learned behavior and the modeling power of the copycat effect. So the copycat effect is kind of something where you see something that happens enough times in your life and in your environment and in your bubble that you copy that behavior yourself and if suicide keeps happening in your bubble and in in your family and in your environment there's a chance that you're gonna consider doing the same thing well that's why everyone was so kind of a subconscious thing it kind of just subconsciously is is in the back of your head that's why everyone was so concerned when kurt cobain killed himself because there was all those you know disenfranchised teenagers who listened to his every word like it was the bible and then when he you know killed himself it this one reporter put it 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 pretty much by him doing that kurt was saying to the kids yeah you know it is this messed up you know and 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 they were and i'm probably sure there are some people who did kill themselves yeah because a result of kurt doing it yeah yeah well i mean you can't control what other people do so i mean you got to try to keep that in mind
But yeah, you got anything else on this? No, I don't really have anything else to say. It's just, it's definitely pretty depressing, though. But apparently there's a documentary that uh, Mariel has done that I, I apparently pretty decent, where she's talking about her her own struggle with this and, 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 the, and the fact that it's something that she's had to battle with her whole life. And, and you definitely can look at her and be like, it's, that's got to suck. Cause you, you know, a lot of people are, are still like in the back of their head, like, is she going to be next? You know? And she's like, no, <laughs> I've got my life together. Spanled, grab my guitar. Yeah. Um, it's like they don't even want to associate. They don't even want to talk to her about. Like even even this documentary is like one of the the only thing that really got her back in the spotlight recently about her dealing with the legacy of her family and and uh, the suicide and all of that. It, it's pretty morbid and it, it's depressing that like she can't really get into the spotlight in any other way. Because a lot of people just associate the Hemingway name with just suicide. Yeah, and you know, before we move on, I just, I just want to tell everybody out there that you know you shouldn't, you you shouldn't kill yourself because it makes Jesus sad. And uh, I have a song if you're feeling depressed right now that that might make you feel better and it might help you. You're gonna be alright. You're gonna make it through the night. You're gonna be alright You're gonna make it through the night Second verse, same as the first You're gonna be alright You're gonna make it through the night Through the night What did you think about that song, Mike? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best song you've ever heard Hmm. Don't hurt me now, Mike, don't hurt me Don't hurt me I want to be fair because you know something you came up with off the top of your head, and there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of heart to that song, and there's a good message behind it. But I would probably give it a five. Mike, you are way too generous, man. <laughs> I like how you're always sparing my feelings. You're a very you're a very giving person. All right, anyway, let's uh, move on from that to uh, the case of Regina and Margaret DeFrancisco. These are some conniving bitches. Yes. Like, where did they learn this kind of behavior is what I'd like to know. How did, they, how did these two innocent-looking teenage girls even get an idea like this in their fucking head? If you ask me, they're a bunch of shitty sluts. <laughs> yeah, that I wish I had known better back then, you know, before they killed people because they were actually pretty hot and sexy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> they might have been underage. <laughs> um, no, it says 18-year-old, uh, yeah, 18-year-old Chicago resident. Oh, okay. Who saved, right. saved by the, <laughs> saved by the Wikipedia. Would have had to have done some editing there. Um, anyway, 18-year-old uh, Chicago resident Regina D. Francisco. I'm sorry, guys. I keep coughing. I can't do anything about it. Like, just be glad I even showed up today with how shitty I've been feeling this last week. Anyway, <clears throat> try to not cough this time. 18 year old Chicago resident Regina D. Francisco was a girlfriend of Oscar Velasquez, 
Oscar was an honest, hardworking 22-year-old man from Dallas who held a steady job as a truck driver. He had also just gotten a new car. Oscar was quite smitten with her and would do anything for her, but he didn't know about her violent personality, and he was going to find out. In May of 2000, when Oscar received a call from Regina's 16-year-old sister Margaret asking for a large favor, he was eager to help. Margaret claimed that Regina had been wrongfully arrested and needed money to make bail. What Oscar didn't know was that the bail money was actually for Regina's other boyfriend who was in jail. Oscar generously gave Margaret $1,000 to bail Regina out. Shortly after her boyfriend's release, she went on a date with Oscar. She promised to pay him back, and about a week later, Oscar asked Regina for the money. She said she couldn't get the money and conned him into a three-way sexual encounter with herself and Margaret. Margaret, by the way, was 16 years old yes, <laughs> at the time. which Oscar, apparently... <laughs> did not care about or felt so strongly that the Romeo and Juliet law would protect him that he just would, thought he'd go for it anyway. Yeah, and also, he was probably like, a three-way? I've never had one of those before. <laughs> yeah, three-ways are a lot of pressure, man. Uh, uh, did I- It'd be one of those things where it'd be like, he doesn't know if he'll ever get it the chance again. Yeah, I mean, know, as so a guy, like... as a guy, you you wanna you wanna be with multiple women. I mean, it's 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 a it's a right <laughs> it's a right of pa- it's not a right of passage because not many guys get to do it. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty open with you guys on here. I've 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 uh, partaken it. You wouldn't do it with an underage. No, I would not do it with an underage girl, person. Though. I'm trying to tell my stories of three ways here, Mike. Would, <laughs> you keep fucking interrupting me. Now I I did a menage one time and um they were it was with uh it was with two ladies that I had been with before previously separately so it was like uh d- d- two side dishes that you'd already had before and just kind of mixing them together like peas and mashed potatoes um it's like no new tastes were really had but it was kind of cool eating mashed potatoes with peas in there <laughs> it, is, this, is this analogy doing anything for anybody? Not really. Like I would say that that's the opposite it's, of sexy. It, okay, you know. so okay, so it's, it's actually killing. Okay, but no, it was just I don't know. It was weird. It was like a little stressful because like I don't know. It, well, the pressure. Yeah, there's more of an audience there. I actually had a joke about this back in the day. You know, like when 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 you perform poorly in the bedroom, it's usually just your word against the other person's. But when you have a witness in the room with you, that's that's usually not a good thing, you know. I don't need a Josh sucks at sex street team out there spreading <laughs> the word about. But no, that was that was kind of the joke. But yeah, I did, definitely. I don't know. I if you haven't done it, go out and try it. And ladies, if you you know want to try two poles at the same time or a pole in a hole, uh, go for that as well. <laughs> Or Stephanie just piped up and said, just do holes, meaning three three chicks. God, this is so lowbrow. This podcast is such lowbrow, just dirt inter- entertainment, guys. I'm trying to have a quality family podcast. I got Stephanie back behind me talking about holes. I, I got Mike laughing, encouraging everything. This is just devolved into shit, Okay. I had every intention of this being a uh, very intellectually stimulating <laughs> edutainment is what I would call it. 
but now it's just smut. Anyway, sexual encounter with 16-year-old and the, uh, her sister. <laughs> at 8, 8, 50, or at 8 p.m. on June 6, 2000, Oscar arrived to pick Regina up for a date and possibly begin their sexual encounter. She wasn't... Oh, so he never even got a chance to do no. the freeway. She wasn't ready and remained upstairs, so he waited downstairs with Margaret and a friend. Then Regina went to the basement and had Oscar follow her, and that poor bastard was probably already getting excited at that point, like, oh, shit, son, it's going down. But once, the se- once in the cellar, Margaret came from behind, shot him in the back of the head with a semi-automatic pistol... He falls down the fucking stairs like a rag doll. <laughs> the reenactment, the reenactment is kind of funny, I thought, because they she shoots him, and then they have this shot that shows his head hit the light that's like swinging down from the <laughs> ceiling, and I just expected to hear a cartoon sound effect or something. Womp! <laughs> he just he just hits the light and then falls down the stairs. So. If the character of these ladies wasn't already stellar, they then robbed the $600 he had on his person and they took his silver fucking necklace. <clears throat> the sis- They're a pair of putas. Putas. Yeah, putas. You, from what you said, it sounded like what happens after you've had too much Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> pair of putas. Um, <laughs> have more like, more, for me it's more like you know, a, a couple dozen putas. At that. Anyway, <laughs> God, this is low brow, low rent entertainment, but it's free. The sisters wrapped Oscar's body up in a bedsheet and tarp and placed it in the trunk of his new Camaro. They then drove to a vacant lot to dispose of his body. Now, again, this dude was alive literally 10 minutes ago, and now you're wrapping his body up in a tarp and throwing it in his fucking... It's like, how can you do yeah. this? How do you get into the headspace to where you you are just okay with this kind of behavior? I think both of them were into drugs, and one of them already had been to prison. So I think it was one of those things where they were already uh, they already had the mindset of a criminal. Apparently, so this wasn't anything that was new or unique or or different for either of them. Um, you know, I wonder also like how they were raised, you know, what, what type of environment they were a part of. I'm not going to say that that's the reason why they turned out the way they did, but I do, I am a believer in the idea of how the environment around you does in a lot of ways affect how you behave and, and, and what you ultimately decide to do with your life. And if you're in a criminal environment, I mean, there are individuals that get out of that and don't follow that same path, but there's a lot of people that do. Right. And there's a lot of people that don't really have a choice. (laughs) I mean, I feel really bad for the people who just have the cartel being like, you know, you're going to do this or I'm going to kill your family. You know, it's like, well, what am I going to do? You know? So I guess I I guess I need to be a drug mule then. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Mike, Mike saying, I guess I need to be a drug mule. That needs to be captioned. Like you saying it the way you did too, just so casually. Well, I guess I need to be a drug mule then. I, I want a sound bite of that, of Mike saying that. <laughs> the reenactment here uh, was actually pretty brutal for a lifetime uh, episode. This was later on, man. Is- they had to make it hardcore for the kids. 
But this wasn't a network uh, episode. This was on Lifetime. So seeing blood on Lifetime, I didn't well, see that. Yeah, very they played often. all those fucking Lifetime original movies where the woman gets beat the shit out of by a dude in every one of them. Yeah, but a lot of them weren't really. I tell you what, man, those Lifetime bloody. movies were good. I liked them. I watched a lot of them, and they were they were all pretty damn good to me. Not because I like watching women get the shit beat out of them, but. I just thought they were generally like, I don't know. It's like Unsolved Mysteries was over and then there was like a Lifetime movie on after and you just kind of left the channel on. And, I, you know, I there was one in particular I really liked and I can't find the damn name of the movie. But uh, I liked those Lifetime movies. I like Lifetime in general. Yeah. I don't know why they have to call it television for women. I feel uh, offended. I feel like that's sexist. Uh, I feel like just because I have a hang down between my legs doesn't mean that I shouldn't enjoy it just as much as women. And yes, I, I, I just called it a hang down. Uh, yeah, well, Stephanie's cringing in the background. <laughs> and I'm, I'm cringing a little oh, too. Oh, yeah, that's all right. That's the first time I've ever, I've ever heard that one before. I am the cringe god. I am free. <laughs> uh, so they poured nail polish over this dude's body and set it on fire. Which I didn't even know nail polish was like that flammable. Like I knew, I knew it was probably had some kind of. Because this has got alcohol in it. I don't know if it's alcohol, if it's some other kind of. Um, Maybe I think of nail polish. Yeah, it's nail polish remover. That that's what they said. They pull. They poured nail polish remover over. Right, but but they didn't pour nail polish. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> did I say nail polish or nail polish remover? Yeah, you did. Oh, you said nail polish. Well, whatever. Yeah, no. They just took little bottles and, nail and they, they they just like took the little brush that in there and they just like painted his whole body up and then set it on fire. Nail polish would also be flammable I, or if it was wet. I would imagine that's got that's got like not as not as much as nail polish remover because it actually like like I said it has alcohol in it. But even alcohol like has to it has to be of a certain purity for it to even yeah be it's rub rub it's like the alcohol and nail polish remover is like really pure alcohol like rubbing alcohol yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, I'm either they set the body on fire with nail polish remover. Then they then they uh <laughs> they set his car on fire a few miles away. Oscar's mother Maria was worried when her son hadn't returned. When she and her husband learned that Oscar's body may have been found, they went to the morgue to identify him. 4 days after Oh god, he was all burnt and shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Ugh. so they uh they interviewed the mother and she doesn't speak English, so they had an English interpreter. Why is it that almost every single time when you have these English interpreters, they have no emotion, they sound like talk text to speech robots? I it's yeah, I don't get it. Like it, like there's no personality whenever you have these uh interpreters who interpret what somebody is saying in a different language in English, it always is this monotone, dead-ass fucking commentary. Or or there's <laughs> way too much emotion and acting in it Yeah, uh, on some of the period pieces where they'll have someone be doing, like, a, a narration of something or it's like, uh, you know, my dear sweetheart, I would be there if I could, but I have passed into the other world. My apologies, just know I will always love you. And then they have some of the other ones where there's just someone, you know, translating yeah. the interview from someone who doesn't speak English. And it's like, I loved my son very much and he is now dead. <laughs> this makes me very sad and I will not rest until the killer is captured. Like, yeah, it's just I will take the over the top 
reading any day of the week over the monotone dead ass commentary. What is a man but a mere pile of secrets? So anyway, they had to identify the body. Four days after the murder, Margaret and her mother reported Regina missing. When police searched their home, they found the pillowcases that matched the sheet that Oscar's body was wrapped in. That must have been some very specific-ass sheets. Um, the friend that was with Francisco's sisters on that night of the murder later confessed or snitched, baby, depending on how you look at it, to her involvement in the crime. Uh, arrest warrants were issued for the sisters, but they had both had vanished. Authorities believe the Latin Kings, the street gang that the girls are affiliated with, Maybe helping the female psychopaths elude justice. Ooh, I like the little bit of uh, editorial uh, commentary that they put in the uh, Wikia page here. Uh, they, they literally uh, put the word psychopaths in the article here, which is pretty... Yeah. Uh, they actually show some pictures of the two sisters, and the actresses they got for the reenactment look, pr- look pretty damn close to the actual real thing, so... Good job casting director uh, for this particular uh, segment. The update is that they were captured. Margaret Deke Francisco was captured in March of 2002 after authorities received tips that she was at the home of relatives in Roscoe, Illinois. Seven months later, Regina Deke Francisco was arrested in Tejas, Dallas. That's how you say Texas in German, Tejas. For stealing a car from an acquaintance, she was soon discovered to be wanted in Illinois after her fingerprints were checked. Uh, at their trials, the sisters claimed that they killed Oscar in self-defense. Uh-huh. However, their friend testified that the sisters' plan was to rob Oscar. She claimed that they walked down to the basement and she heard a gunshot. Others, other friends testified that the sister had, had confessed to killing him. Regina was found guilty of first-degree murder and was sentenced to 35 years in prison. She will not be eligible, eligible for parole until 2037. Margaret, uh, Margaret's first trial uh, ended in a mistrial, but she was found guilty at a second trial and sentenced to 46 years in prison. She will not be eligible for, per- per- for parole until 2050. <laughs> she would not be eligible for patrol until 2050. <laughs> I was disqualified from being a patrol in uh, sixth grade because I, uh, I don't remember what I did, but uh, I was a patrol at my school. Cause I, what what are you talking like uh, hall yeah, monitor? Yeah, like what? Like they, you know the safety. <laughs> okay, I was the, like, what the? Fuck? You know the safety patrol that they have. What do they call it? Hall patrol or no, safety? The, oh, safety yeah, patrol. Safety patrol. Like you basically, it's it's a good way for all the cool kids to know who the uh, the lamest kids in school are. <laughs> and you, you get a nice bright red sash to wear around you that indicates, I am a nerd. Uh, I am a loser. Uh, please do not confide in me anything that might be he, 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 uh, uh, below board because I this sash guarantees that I will tattle on you. But I, I was like the crooked cop though in the safety patrol. Yeah. Like I was like the one that like let shit slide, and I could be uh, I could be bribed with like a cookie. Uh, uh, like the the safety patrol, you should have like a on the sash it should say kick me. I, that's yeah, that's pretty right. essentially, and I mean, like, ugh, God, it was so cringe. Like, you could like, <clears throat> it was kind of like, it's kind of like in the Holocaust where they made the Jews police the other Jews, and it was like sick, you know? Like, it's uh, like really you're you're gonna make you're 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 gonna oppress these people. I don't know about that reference, but okay, it, it's it's a jump. <laughs> I admit, I'll be the first to admit it's a jump, but it, you know, making the students patrol the other students. It, 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 Let's just say it's more like the blind leading the blind. Well, that's not an appropriate 
uh, analogy because that's like saying we don't know what we're doing and we're trying to show other people how to do something well, when we don't well, know how to do well I, I mean that's kind of true with students trying to lead students we're, to we weren't, patrol we weren't themselves. leading anybody we were just wa- like it's a figure of speech I know look Mike I know <laughs> well, your heart's in the right place by trying to get away from the uh, uh, the holocaust comparison and maybe that was a bridge too far but uh, you know what were we talking about again <laughs> Because you're, you're trying to argue with me about using that term. That term is used all the time, not just for like people leading people. Like it's used for stuff like that too. No. Like for example, like a, a bad coach for a football team, or you know, is that the blind leading the blind? I went into school with the complete wrong. I was projecting the wrong image of myself. The image that I was projecting was that <clears throat> I was a meek quiet little kid who just wanted to like do his best in school and make the teachers happy when really the only reason I did any of that shit was because I didn't know how to socialize so instead of going outside for recess I'd stay in and like talk to the teacher and they like loved that shit they were like man this kid is like a dweeb and a half he would make a great (laughs) safety patrol and I was like the first kid that like in their first year of going to that school I got on patrol usually you have to be there you know for a couple of years and whatever the hell i'm just thinking of a hilarious <clears throat> sketch concept like it's just a non-pc just fucking ruthless crazy ass like cops but safety patrol with kids oh yeah <laughs> like chasing the kid down the hall like oh what do we have here what, what do you, you want to explain this this pixie stick i found oh i swear i was just yeah whatever um i, I'm, I was about to go to down a very hacky road of un- of unfunniness <laughs> just then um yeah but no I, I i i started slacking off so bad that they eventually kicked me out and i was also the first kid to get kicked out of safety patrol at that oh, school wow yeah man what a rebel. you know I, a, a list of firsts i hope they wrote that down somewhere you know and that, that wasn't like lost to time that i was a first maybe they, they use you as an example don't be like josh here yeah i mean it was, it was pretty much <laughs> as soon as i started making friends uh i i was just kind of like why the fuck am i in safety patrol like it was just the lamest you had to get there earlier than everyone else you had to stay later than everyone else and then i think at the end of you got like uh, I think you might have gotten your own special field trip, like the patrols, and they they would uh-huh. throw like these ice cream sundae parties. But like yeah. that was the only reason that you would stay in there, and it like I, I bet I bet there's some people that stayed in there because because of, of the power trip. Oh, absolutely. There were there were <laughs> these like chicks, especially that were in there that I remember that were like, you know, they were these these quiet kind of nebbishy people in there classrooms but man when they put that sash on buddy you better listen to what they had to say and they definitely had a power trip thing going on all of a sudden they turn into judge dread (laughs) for me it wasn't a power trip for me it was like like what kind of extra candy and perks am i going to get out of this and then when i realized (laughs) that the perks were actually hindrances in my school career because all i really wanted to do was perform for the fellow my fellow classmates and like tell jokes and all that and i found that really i was much better as like a a like a delinquent than i was on the uh, right side of the law i feel like i was one of those kids where they would look at me like years down the road and be like you used to be such a good student what happened and then i'd just be like yeah suck it teach uh you know as i like skateboarded away <laughs> Like, he just won't be taught. 
just gotta let him go. The rebel heart. Anyway, that was uh, that was all pretty lame. Um, yeah. So I think that's it, right? Yeah, I got nothing else to say about this. I'm case. fucking. Um, I'm fucking hungry, so we can save the stack bot thing for the next episode. Next episode. <laughs> um, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you want to uh, contribute to us on Patreon, it's uh, uncovering unexplained mysteries. It's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Uh, you can kick in $3 to get the podcast early. For $5, you can tell us what we should cover next. Um, if you want to join our Facebook group, I already told you how to do that. Um, if you want me and Mike, but you want us separately, and you want us in your ear and in your eye, you can follow us on YouTube. Uh, follow Mike's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash OCP communications. He's a movie guy. What's the last thing you did, Mike? Last uh, review I did is of Tales from the Hood 2. And I also reviewed Tales from the Hood. So got a couple reviews up there. Um, I would recommend Tales from the Hood. I wouldn't really recommend the sequel because it's your typical direct-to-video shitty sequel. I will say this. There's one segment, the last segment, that was was okay. It was a little bit too long, a little bit too preachy, but overall I did like the concept. It's more of a Twilight Zone type of story, though, than a horror story. It took this, the um, the real-life headline of Emmett Till. I don't know if you're familiar with Emmett Till, the, 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 the teenager who was beaten to death by a bunch of racists in, in the South and during the Civil Rights Movement. Um, so, or before then. So it took this idea of what if Emmett Till decided he's going to live and what if that decision caused some kind of alternate reality? And it was also playing with the concept of an African-American politician working with a racist white guy so they can get a step up, you know, in, in, in politics and, and the consequences of that. And so Emmett Till's ghost is trying to speak to this guy and try to get him to sacrifice because because if he doesn't, he'll just be like, I'll, I'll just decide to live. And it, and the decision is imperative because if he decides to live, then it causes this chain reaction where uh, the civil rights movement never actually happens and uh, the systemic racism in the U.S. just becomes uh, even more overwhelming and you have things like the KKK patrol, which is uh, a, a division of the police that goes around and arrests black people and beats them up and does all kinds of heinous things. So, oh, all right then. Uh, so yeah, go go on over to Mike's channel to give that a listen. And uh, if you want to check out my channel, it is YouTube.com/slash/DancingWithGhosts which is also the name of my band. And we have a new song coming out on Monday, December 2nd called Faded Neon. Uh, new music video and uh, new song. So um, I might put that uh, part of that song at the end of this podcast so you can get a little demo of that. and go With visuals that are definitely not, not copied. Not copied from any fucking shitty Jacksonville local band that... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, you'll hear more about that at the uh, on the B-roll. 
But yeah, so uh, make sure you stop over to my YouTube page and check out the newest music video for my band, Dancing with Ghosts. Until next time, folks, have a good rest of your night, and I will talk to you later. Bye. See ya. Oh, that's cool. Well, needless to say, this is all going to be edited and put in the back of the podcast because we've been talking way too long <laughs> up front. Uh, but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, while, while we're here, <clears throat> I guess I'll go ahead and, and, and voice something that's really got my ass in a, <coughs> in a, a sling uh, lately. Why is it hot in here? Well, can you go check the thermostat and see what temperature it is? It's fucking winter and I'm hot. And I'm wearing next to nothing right now, and Stephanie has to... Hey, everybody. So it's getting hot. Are you going to take off all your clothes? <laughs> What'd you say, Mike? It's getting hot in there. Are you going to take off all your clothes? They're already off. <laughs> what, what? All right. Um, anyway. So, uh, so you know, my band, Dance- <coughs> Dancing with Ghosts, <clears throat> that you guys love hearing about so much... Um, we have a new song coming out um, that comes out midnight tonight. <clears throat> if you're already listening, if you're you, by the time you're listening to this, it will already be out. Uh, it's called Faded Neon, and we have a music video for it too. Now, for all of our music videos, we do you know completely different visual concepts. This video's got a very retro '80s feel to it. So we did like the black light and the uh, you know glow neon paint and all that. <clears throat> Well, we're posting pictures of this on our Facebook, facebook.com slash Dancing with Ghosts 2. Um, and, you know, they're, they're just promo pics to get people hyped for the video that's coming out. Well, there's this other band in Jacksonville who I'm not even going to name because they, they don't deserve any kind of anything from us. Who, at their shows, when they would play live, they would they had like a neon-colored mic stand... The chick singer had orange hair that glowed and they had like a few other aspects of their show that glowed and they would turn on black lights on stage and they'd play their set and their shit would glow. And this band, I guess, gets, according to them, a bunch of people messaging them, telling them, what the fuck is Dancing With Ghosts doing? They're ripping off your shtick. Uh, yeah. And no context. Yeah, no context, no nothing. So the band's singer, her mom comments on our <laughs> comments on our picture. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not not the band singer. No, the the mother. Her mom. The, her mommy. <laughs> she comments and she goes. <clears throat> she goes. Very passive aggressively, haha, you guys look like, and then she names the band, who I'm not gonna name. And then her daughter comments underneath her comment as if, like, we don't know that that's her mom. Like, <laughs> she's sending her mom in as, like, a shill to try to, you know, act, to, to try to pretend like she's just an anonymous passerby. And, and so the singer comments underneath her mom's comment going, ha, huh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, th- there, there have been a lot more comparisons like this that we've heard from people, too. And at that point, I chime in because they're commenting on our picture, on our profile, trying to, like, 
essentially they're trying to start shit. And I'm just wanting to make the, you know, set the record straight. <clears throat> so I go, hey, uh, I've never seen your band <coughs> play live. The only reason I even know about your band is um, basically we got accused of something else that band did. Uh, how I paint my face on stage. Uh, the band claimed that they played a Halloween show where they painted their face first and that we saw their Halloween show and that we and that we we use that as the whole basis for our stage show where we paint our faces and shit. It, it's just the egos on these people <coughs> are just off the charts. I mean, the fact that they think that they invented every stage look and that anybody that that also attempts anything close to what they're doing is copying them. And so we got into it on there and and um, I basically said that I've never seen your band play. I don't give a shit about your band. Your band has way less popularity than my band. Sit down, bitch. It basically was was what I was <laughs> the point I was trying to get across. Then the guitar player who is just this just this crotchety old bitter jaded smart ass little cunt proceeds to post these little homemade memes that he put together of examples their examples of what they did and then a side to side quote unquote comparison of how we ripped them off so they'd have like a picture of them from that Halloween show and then they'd have a picture of me in my stage makeup next to them they'd have a picture of them promoting a show by doing a contest saying, you know, hey, if you find a flyer, uh, you'll get some special merch or something from us at one of our shows. And then they had a picture of us with our flyer saying, hey, if you find uh, our flyer, you know, tag us in it and uh, you'll get a free... Like that's, like that's <laughs> something that you came up with all by yourself and no one else, no other band had ever done that right? before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Having a contest to promote your show. Yeah, they, they <laughs> were the first band that ever thought about that, guys. I mean, I literally didn't even know they did that. I didn't even know they, they did that whole promotion thing. And they're, like, putting the pictures side by side, like... And then they have, like, another picture, which is an image of Stephanie dressed up as one of the characters from one of our music videos. And they had, they put it next to a picture that they did, which was this crude drawing of some chick in a go-go outfit in this, like, circle of moons or whatever. It's some kind of pagan <laughs> imagery. And they had it next to the picture of Stephanie as Sabelle from the Eyes Wide Open video where she's got the blue hair and the weird eyes and, wow. and she's holding up a tambourine. It's like, yeah, the shitty picture you doodled compared to a fully rendered, well done, fully costumed picture of a real person. And you're trying to make the comparison saying we looked at that. And came up with our thing, and and it's a direct. It's like, dude, you guys are are out of your fucking minds. And these they think they're being savages, but really they're just being a bunch of jealous bitches. If you ask me, that's what it sounds. This this just seems like they're just jealous. That's the only way to read it. I mean, off. I don't know how else to read and the situation. Also, at the same time, they're incredibly delusional. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that you rip them off. Or especially their sketch, 
Like that's so, that's so stupid because it's like, how the hell is anyone going to know about that sketch? Did you go around like showing that sketch? It was to the on. Crowd? It was on their Facebook page, but like, oh, I, it's on the Facebook page, but still, like, who like that? Who really goes to a band's Facebook page and is like, oh, I'm gonna rip that off? Especially like, a on. band that has like literally like like a third of the attention that we have. It's like, yeah. why am I sitting there going, what's what's this band gonna do next? So we, we so we can copy it and turn it into our own and. We can become successful off of a band that no one's even fucking heard of. It's like, wouldn't I, wouldn't I copy a band that has like a proven track record of success, yeah. like Ghost? It sounds or... like it's just sad. It's sad. It's really sad to it me. It is sad, but what's what's even more sad and, and angering is they're they're like materializing their army of like middle aged, washed up Jacksonville has been musicians to like descend upon our page and make a bunch of snarky little comments. On our profile picture. Yeah, that's that's that sucks, but at the same time, that's the kind of thing you get when you get some fame. Yeah. Um you got some haters now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean They it, hate they hate you because they ain't you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's like I was just kinda you know, I was just kinda waiting for the Jacksonville people to like, you know, turn on us and uh it's finally happening, you know. After, after I don't think I don't think everyone's gonna turn on you. No, course, no, not everyone. Not everyone. The select, you know, group of of special people. Yes, isn't is gonna turn on you. But you know, that th- this it, it is what it is. Like you're just gonna run into that. You were gonna run into that eventually, and you yeah. probably were preparing for that mentally. Uh, but at the same time, you were hoping it never actually came to pass. And I get it. But you know, so people. You know, when you get into kind of public relations, because it's kind of a public relations kind of thing, a band, you know, you're going to have instances like that where people would be like, you ripped me off. Oh, yeah. Well, successful bands, like bands that actually like, you know, that are like on the national level that, that are well known, they have to have lawyers who because they're like bands that get big. It doesn't matter what who what band you are. They're constantly getting sued. You're getting sued yeah. by these randos out in buttfuck Egypt who are, you know, accusing you of all kinds of shit. Oh, you know, uh, you, we were Stone Temple Pilots back in the 70s and you stole our our band or, you know, we invented, you know, whatever, you know, we, we wrote this song, you know. so We wrote Enter Sandman, Metallica. Yeah. Ex- you ripped us off. <laughs> yeah, some band from, you know, Bozeman, Montana, you know. Yeah, you, you copied... You know, nineteen party like it's nineteen ninety nine from us. You know, so like they're bands, <laughs> big bands are constantly getting sued for, you know, because there's just a bunch of delusional nut jobs out there. And I don't think you have to worry about being sued because I don't think you have the money. Oh no, to, they're not to, gonna they're not gonna do shit. I mean, like all they're doing, they're just gonna do their whole thing <laughs> on social media. Yeah, the maximum of what they're going to do is what they're doing now. They're sicking their little, their little. Uh, you know, fanboys and fangirls after I mean, us. it's up to you. I mean, you could, like, if things get continue to get a little crazy, you could just be like, get the fuck out of here and just block them all. Oh, th- well, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm ba- I mean, I mean that, that's, that's what, that's, that's a benefit of social media. People, you know, try to get on you about that shit. It's just like, bye. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not even responding. I'm just deleting their comment and I'm banning them from our page. Bye. Yeah, because I, 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 I don't, I don't get people who like get on you for like 
you you're removing criticism like it's not constructive criticism see there's a difference between constructive criticism and just trolling right and they they and they were not they were not bringing anything to our attention like hey guys what's up with uh you know we've noticed a lot of comparisons between stuff we've done and stuff you've done and you know can you clarify can, yeah you know, like what's going on and and at that point i would look at their their cases you know that they're tro- that their their evidence and I would laugh at them, and I would call them delusional fuckheads, and I would tell them to fuck off politely. But they didn't even—they didn't even come at me like that. They just literally came at me like accusatory as fuck with all these little stupid homemade memes that the guitar player put together, and they were just literally like throwing all kinds of mud at us on our Facebook page where everyone could see, just totally unprofessional. And it's it's just the desperate acts of a desperate band that knows that they're not going anywhere. They literally play one show a year. It's like we play yeah we play at least uh, a dozen or more shows a yeah. year. It's like it's like the desperate uh, people on that VHS group who were just yeah you know, exactly me all kinds of shit yeah that like <laughs> For no matter dumbest shit imaginable like you you literally can't win with <laughs> these people. There's nothing you can say or do. They're going to have a witty retort. They're going to have a witty come back uh, uh to to where you're wrong and they're right somehow so like the best thing you can do is literally just avoid that's what i learned i don't even bother to deal with them anymore i just it's just a you have to starve the trolls one way ticket to to blocksville yeah if you <laughs> if you starve the trolls they move on because they see they're not getting a reaction out of you and their little campaign isn't going anywhere so i mean that's that's all you can really do i mean People can only stand to be ignored for so long before they're like, man, fuck it. This is not even fun anymore. And they just move on to something else. And, you know, this just happened yesterday. So I'm sure we're just seeing the beginnings of the <laughs> the trolling. But they're going to we're not going to feed that. It's like we said what we had to say. We said our piece about it. You know, we tried to message them privately and talk to them like adults but all they wanted to do is argue on there too so it was just like all right guys look we didn't steal anything from you your band is not good you don't have any fans <laughs> there i mean i am so big on like creating my own art and being liked for my own shit like just the thought of stealing anything from anybody just makes me feel gross like yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, whatever. So anyway, um, <clears throat> Thanksgiving night was not as crazy as it was last year. I mean, uh, we opened at six and then we closed at like eleven, or 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 is it midnight? Uh, and it was one of those things that it was busy at times, but it wasn't as insane as uh the next day was uh black friday was really would got pretty rough near the end for me because i didn't get much sleep the, no- the night before <laughs> so i was pretty uh tired by the time i even got there and by the end of the shift i was on fumes and it was one of those things where yeah i did have a lunch and i did have two different breaks but the line was just it just kept coming it was it was like waves and waves of people. Now it wasn't just like a line all the way around, you know, that never slows down. I mean, or never really shortens in any way. It was a line that just kept replenishing. 
<laughs> so you know you you'd you'd get through it, and then more people would you know it, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so it it was a lot uh, mentally and and physically taxing. Um, and I rarely ever left the register at all for the entire <laughs> the entire shift, other than for my break and putting a few go backs away. Um. I would say in terms of go backs though, because I closed last night and the store was a fucking mess. It looked like an atom bomb had went off inside of it, and you know, one of my coworkers said it was as if somebody threw a rager. Somebody threw a giant rager in 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 the store uh, the night before, <laughs> and so it's just this fucking chaos and this mess, and there's shit everywhere. Yeah, I remember I worked Black Friday in the fucking food court at at a mall in my uh, uh, in uh, Orange Park, which is a city that's like it's so close to Jacksonville. They just kind of consider yeah. it like Jacksonville, but it's some say it's a different whatever. But I worked at the mall there for Black Friday. I think I was like nineteen or twenty years old, and my boss, he was this Indian guy, and I swear to God, he would give us a pep talk about Black Friday in the mall, like it was like like going into like storming the beaches of Normandy or something. You work in the food court though. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but he's he's like he's like Josh. People would be here at 5 a.m. in the morning and they will want euros. They will want Philly cheesesteaks. They there will be lines that wrap around the food court at 5 a.m. And I'm like, "Wow, that's crazy." We had like backups on backups of like ketchup uh-huh. ketchup bottles and gyro meat and let me guess it wasn't anywhere near as as busy not not really i mean the day yeah. of like i got there super early i think i got there at like 8 a.m which is fucking just ridiculous and uh yeah i mean you know there was there were people more people there than what there normally would have been uh well the mall well, it wasn't it wasn't a line all no the way, it wasn't you know, like right? this like yeah. you know like how those war movies are shot in that weird sepia tone you know <laughs> like a war flashback you know that 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 se- we want heroes <laughs> we want heroes yeah like give us your heroes or we will give you death <laughs> like like you just see change being thrown at me and and, and ketchup blood packs sl- are exploding from my chest it's slow, slow, uh, slow motion. My partner yeah. is on the ground by the grill. I'm like, come on, Prakash, get up. You've got to make it through. I can't do this shit, man. Fuck these people. No, come on, Prakash. Don't let them win. We're losing, Prakash. We need more steamed buns. Like, <laughs> it wasn't anything like that. Uh, it, it was a long motherfucking shift, though. I think I worked from 8 a.m. to like, I don't know, 9 p.m. or some crazy. Damn. Yeah, it was. That's longer than what I did. I worked from 9 mm. to 5.30. Yeah, that's called like just a regular shift for most people, Mike. You realize yeah. that, right? I know that. Yeah. Like, the, the the real hell shifts are when you start getting into like 11 and 12. No, I've worked. I've worked ten, eleven, twelve hours because I've done double shifts before, where I had to take over. Um, and speaking of that, they 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 tried to get me to come into work today, and I'm like, no, I got a podcast I got to do, and I have a bunch of other stuff I got to do. 
But I didn't say the podcast. I said I, I got schoolwork. I legitimately yeah, because do nobody, literally nobody would would have respected you for the podcast no, thing. Exactly. They no, would they would have been like a, a what? What the fuck? And then if you try to <laughs> get the fuck into work, motherfucker, like like that is no excuse to miss work. And and I mean, it's really not until you start making significant money at it. At that point, it's like kiss my ass, man. I'm making you know like this is paying my bills, bitch. Like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, she, my, my manager is really cool about it. Like I've already covered like multiple shifts uh, this week. So it's one of those things. I think I got a mulligan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, it was pretty crazy. It was nuts. Um, but 